Well, good afternoon. This is Dr. Fred Lowry uh, with Help Talk, and I'm here with the uh, producer extraordinaire, Joe Berg, uh, on the board here uh, on this Friday, and we're, I'm still trying to get used to this new new time slot and, and new program. Uh, I think I should say, uh, yeah, I'm, of course, from Lowry Drug Company here in Statesville. Uh, we've been here since 1959. And uh, I think I'm supposed to do some obligatory uh, disclaimer that says, you know, we're not diagnosing or treating any disease here. You know, this advice is for information. Hopefully we're uh, learning some things together. And, and I will say that uh, a lot of times I learn from uh, people, from listeners and people that come in to bring up uh, new things to me. So. Uh, I'm certainly open to that. This, uh, we all have curiosity and, uh, and are searching for understanding. So, and I will remind you, of course, that uh, in, in terms of this, uh, it's more important what you do on an everyday basis with your health than, than, uh, than what I have for you or your doctor or your nurse or, or whoever. So, you know, it's part of our personal responsibility, hopefully, to, t to take care of ourselves. So uh, a couple things caught my eye this this week, and uh, we are going to uh, come back and revisit a little bit the uh, the issue of the uh, the use of ozempic uh, semaglutide and uh, berberine uh, as a an option, and uh, some more on uh, gallstones that we we talked about a little bit last week. So. The, the most interesting thing I found this week was apparently uh, there's a, a new uh, GMO frankenfood called piggy soy, S-O-O-Y. It's a soybean genetically engineered to contain pig protein. Did you see this, Joe? No, I, I haven't heard of this. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the idea, you know, I don't know if you've seen they've got uh, lab-grown meat, yeah. you know, that yeah, they're working on, popular. and, you know, they're trying to save the planet you know with the with you know the uh, animals uh, methane emissions etc so they've come up with uh, they've it's an undisclosed pig genes uh, spliced into conventional soybeans with the result that they will be 26.6 percent animal protein where does that 26 percent come from we, well, we don't know, but, you know, um, so uh, with the advent of the CRISPR-Cas9 gene editing, uh, the idea is that you can go in and snip out a piece of genetic material and replace it with something else. And uh, so we th and we're smart enough to do that, but we're not smart enough to understand the hundreds of unintended genetic potential changes that concur occur in 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 the same time uh you know and and so what one of the things that happens and we don't know you know, you can't say it's safe and you, you uh because there's no way to to really understand it but uh what we do know is sometimes these materials can get into the environment and uh, a perfect example of that is that with the advent of uh, Roundup Ready soybeans, as an example, uh, now a lot of the plant, the, the weeds that they're trying to uh, eliminate 
have now become uh, Roundup uh, resistant as well. Hmm. So, so these genetic changes are going into other plants, basically. And so with, with something like this, uh, you know, we're, we're blending plant and animal genetics. And, and I could talk about that for a long time, but I think most of our listeners can uh, understand that that's probably a bad idea. Yeah, it, it sounds like science fiction almost. There's so much that sci- seems like <laughs> science fiction nowadays. Yeah, right. Uh, and apparently uh, June of this year, the USDA uh, also authorized the sale of cell-cultivated chicken. Uh, a company called Good Meat and Upside Foods are rolling out their synthetic chicken to quote-unquote high-end restaurants. So... Uh, huh. I don't know. Maybe that's the the trend with that, but I don't really like it. Uh, you know, it's, it's it, I think we've had enough genetic modification with uh, don't need it in our food or our medication. Yeah, especially with uh, like preservatives and stuff like that. Also, it's yeah. Ooh. And uh, a, a, a listener uh, last week did bring up the, the thing that the World Health Organization has finally come around to declaring that uh, artificial sweeteners may be a potent carcinogen uh, or uh, aspartame, um, as an example. And I, I think at this point, everyone should have the concept that the word artificial in front of anything is probably not good for you. Uh, so uh, they did come out with this. Of course, we've known the, uh, the, <coughs> the dangers of these products at, at least since 2010. Um, so they've had uh, a lot of uh, researchers that uh, have warned about uh, this uh, sweetener, uh, is neurotoxicity, uh, so not good for the brain not good for your blood sugar you, you know you're not really doing anything positive for yourself uh, when you're doing that so that's uh hopefully uh everyone is um, looking at those things and anytime you get ultra processed foods you'll see that there's uh there are sweeteners in there and it, it may be aspartame it could be sucralose uh, a sulfame all kinds of things so uh, not a good idea. So what does it actually mean that something that you're drinking is going to be carcinogenic? Because I'd always thought that meant something with, like, smoking. Is that not what that is? Well, any, anything that, uh, any chemical that gets into the cell can make changes to that cell and cause damages, damage to the DNA. And, and if you have a, a cellular environment that uh, has, has issues with... Uh, you know any kind of toxicity so that cell's not functioning properly uh, or not optimally so you create a situation where you you have cancer so uh, <clears throat> there's a there's a process where the body tries to get rid of toxic material and and as it as it tries to do that if it can't it pushes it deeper and deeper into the system into the cells and uh, ultimately into the, the genetic material and and degenerates that cell and then cancer happens. So um, 
in, in, with with this example with uh, aspartame. Uh, there was a study that found that people that consume high levels of artificial sweeteners had a higher risk of overall cancer compared to non-consumers of that. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, lastly, and this could be a long topic. We've got a minute before the break, I think. But uh, there was a thing came out that said, uh, I think it was from Denmark or Sweden, that uh, they discovered that the uh, COVID uh shots there was reported at least a third of those were placebo there <laughs> has all kinds of implications there yeah. as far as, okay we're going to give you this shot we're going to take care of you uh by the way some of them are placebo and you know we're running a test time for a break Welcome back. Uh, this is Dr. Fred Lowry. I'm a pharmacist and doctor of natural medicine. And uh, I'm at Lowry Drug at 750 Harkness Road in Statesville. We're open uh, Monday through Friday, 8 to 6, and on Saturday, 8 to 1, here in Statesville, North Carolina. Last week I was talking a little bit about the uh, uh, natural option for uh, an for uh, people that are looking for the uh, Ozempic weight loss product, uh, semiglutide, you know, and th there's been problems with availability and there's price issues and things like that. And I came across an article that we talked about, about berberine, and I was uh, a little bit, uh, I will say, skeptical about that. You know, as I, as I mentioned before, uh, there are many things that go into weight loss and, and you can't just really rely on just one one thing to do that it, because if you do as soon as you stop taking it if it does work for you then it's you're probably going to gain that weight back so that includes you know, a lot of the things we talked about but uh this week i, I, I was uh ran across a uh a product uh, made by natural creations a berberine complex and i think this is a, a really uh good choice uh in terms of uh, weight loss uh, the, the berberine that, uh, that they have used as a modification is called uh, dihydroberberine, and the reason for that is uh, it's uh, more easily absorbed. Uh, the herb berberine is not as easy to absorb, uh, and it, uh, one of the factors uh, also is that berberine as an herb is uh, metabolized and, and changed by gut bacteria. So if you've You've got if you've got a healthy situation there, then uh, you would probably be okay. But a person that uh, doesn't have a healthy gut uh, may have a problem being able to reduce and absorb uh, the berberine. So it does require good gut health, and most people that have health issues are, that's that's also a, an issue with them. So uh, this particular product. Uh, has that uh, dihydroberberine. It's uh, got uh, sunflower lecithin, which is a, a type of fat uh, that increases the absorption rate of it, uh, of the berberine. And Ceylon cinnamon uh, that helps. Uh, Ceylon cinnamon is known to be helpful for uh, blood sugar in, in some people. 
uh, will remind people there are two types of cinnamon, and the Ceylon is the one that you want. Uh, there, the other one, uh, which is probably more common and more easily found in the grocery store, uh, is not the product that uh, of choice for that. So um, I, I've, I've talked before about uh, using vegetable oils to cook with, and and vegetable oils include things like uh, canola oil, soybean oil, corn oil, uh, soy, uh, anything that says vegetable. Not included would be olive oil. Um, uh, and avocado oil, uh, coconut oil, those types of things. But these oils have been just pervasive in our in our diet, and I think it's one of the main reasons that we have a tremendous number of health problems. And you'll find them in all the ultra-processed foods if you just start looking at labels. So... Um, the vegetable oils are uh, primarily uh, mono or polyunsaturated fats, and, and that's what people have told us that we're supposed to eat, uh, but they're prone to oxidation uh, when compared with the saturated fats uh, of animals. Uh, so saturated fats are less prone to oxidize. So if you think about oxidation, think about rusting. You're aging, you're, you're, you're getting old, you know, you're... You're, you're rusting as we speak, and, and it causes inflammation and uh, can uh, contribute to cancer uh, because it has byproducts known as aldehydes. So what happens is, is the, the, the oils, when they're first produced, are probably okay, although they're not the best choice even then. But uh, nonetheless, they... You know, they, they uh, are fragile to and susceptible to changes with light, agitation, and heat. And, of course, if in transportation uh, in the back of an 18-wheeler, there's a lot of heat in those uh, trucks this time of the year. But the, the oil stability, any oil stability can be calculated by uh, how it changes with heat. So they, they, they were using uh, 230 degrees uh, Fahrenheit uh, as, as the guideline in, in measuring how long it took uh, those, those oils to oxidize. Uh, sunflower and soybean oil, um, they, they uh, oxidize fairly fast. Uh, canola oil also uh, can oxidize in as early as uh, 60 minutes of cooking. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you're cooking on the stove and using olive oil and trying to use low heat, uh, you're, you're probably okay. Uh, even olive oil or any oil can be uh, damaged with, with too much heat. Uh, so uh, canola oil, uh, depending on the heat, if, you, if it goes up to 350 degrees, you're only looking at about six to eight hours. So what happens is, you know, every time you eat uh, anything fried, fast food, uh, that oil's been been in there a while. And uh, one of the things that happens is these these oils get into the cells, and they actually here's an example of how the cells change for your cancer question. They actually change the frequency of what's happening in that in that in that cell. 
So uh, it's not going to work as properly. The cell membranes don't work as properly. You know, this is where we get all this insulin resistance and, and, and problems with blood sugar control. What does that mean that it changes the frequency of what the cell does? Well, uh, that's a great question because everything, everything is basically frequency. So all your, all your elements, the things that make them different is how many, uh, you know, w within an atom, protons, neutrons, electrons. So it's all frequency. So everything has resonance, if you will. And so uh, w one example of that, of course, your cell phones, you know, and, and being in the studio, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of electromagnetic fields here, and that changes, can change your body uh, at some level, wow. depending on how, how healthy you are or unhealthy and the, the length of exposure and the amount of exposure and the type of frequency it is that can all change the frequency of your, your cell. So they've actually, uh, in this uh, one thing I read, they actually were able to measure how these uh, oxidated, oxidated oils change your, your body's frequency or the cellular frequency. So um, that, that, that has a, it's kind of an interesting concept. Now, how much of that and how much it affects you, who knows? You know, right. I mean, it, it, it would be hard to measure that. But the, the point is, is that the, the quality of the fats that you consume are really important for how well your body is going to work. Your brain cells and your nerves, they're, they're made of fat. And uh, every uh, cell membrane. So that becomes paramount in terms of your, the function of your, your body. Um, olive oil and avocado oil, uh, they, are, uh, they do a lot better. They're rated a lot better. Uh, you know, even... Uh, <coughs> Uh, oils from uh, from animals like uh, lard or, or tallow uh, and, and butter, uh, ghee are all all better than using these seed oils, and and certainly stay away from trans <coughs> pardon trans fats like margarine. If you see a label that says no trans fats, it's a lie. There's, there's, there, you know, any commercial product is going to have some trans fats, and and trans fats are like plastic in the body. They don't, they don't work. Uh, they're not, they're not good for, uh, for your body, obviously. So that uh, that plays a role in, in, in many things, and and that brings me, and we're probably not going to finish this before the break, but it brings me back to uh, how your body deals with fats. And, and we'll talk a little bit about gallstones and, and bile. So bile is produced by the liver, and, and that is what, uh, how your body deals with fats when you eat fats. It helps, uh, think of it uh, kind of like a, a soap, as an example. It redu reduces the, the surface tension and um, of, of, of the fats so that you, they can be broken down, digested, and absorbed. And interestingly enough is a lot of the, the bile composition <coughs> is cholesterol. 
So, you know, I, I said before that a lot of times high cholesterol is uh, the reason, there, there's a reason for high cholesterol, and it may be responding to a need the body has, but it also could be because your body's not functioning properly in terms of your, your bile flow, your digestive tract, which includes many things. And a lot of people don't realize that cholesterol and other components are broken down by the bacteria of the gut. More on that when we come back. This is Fred Lowry, a pharmacist and doctor of natural medicine at Lowry Drug here in Statesville. And this is Health Talk. Uh, we were just talking about uh, liver and bile, gallbladder, a subject everyone wants to know about, I think. But uh, it kind of came, came about a little bit related to, you, you can kind of integrate in uh, concepts of uh, uh gastrointestinal function, gut function, uh, gallstones, cholesterol, it, it, it all kind of fits together in, in, in places. So uh, we had uh, just before talking about uh, the uh, polyunsaturated fats, which are, are toxic to the body, and, and uh, I guess at, at one level they, they do uh, help stimulate bile flow, which is quite important. And uh, the number one factor with that is going to be hydration. So people that have gallstones are likely uh, have some long-term chronic dehydration. So one of the fundamental, th fundamental th uh, things of health is staying hydrated. And if you have any, uh, any kind of uh, stone-type deposits, uh, uh, the, the gallstones, kidney stones, uh, uric acid issue, uh, like gout, uh, you're probably dehydrated. So, and and the other thing about that is when you you're consuming those uh, polyunsaturated fat oils, those vegetable oils, uh, that's also contributing to the, to the problem. So cholesterol, uh, you know, big issue for a lot of people, and uh, you know the the medications for that generally uh, interfere with liver function, uh, which is not good, but you could have elevated cholesterol if your gut's not working properly, if you're, you don't have good bile flow, uh, good uh, consistent daily uh, bowel movements, because that is one way that, that cholesterol is eliminated. And I mentioned earlier that cholesterol is also processed in the gut by good bacteria. So uh, it, can, it can be neutralized, and if, if there's uh, slow movement there, uh, you're going to reabsorb cholesterol into the bloodstream in the colon. And that's one reason, you know, one of the older recommendations for uh, elevated cholesterol was taking uh, a good fiber product or, and or getting uh, fiber from, from vegetables. Uh, one common one for that was Metamucil, which is psyllium uh, fiber. Uh, some people may not be able to take that. Uh, but going back to the gut thing, all that still, uh, the gut bacteria is dependent 
on that uh, that uh, whole process. So if if you've had issues with uh, you know either antibiotics, yeast infections, that type of thing, it's a good idea to replenish your your gut bacteria. We recommend the Natural Creations product in Robiotic SBO. It's got 14 strains of the good bacteria and soil-based organisms, which help uh, digestion. A lot of people don't realize that the the garden vegetables that that you you know that you are able to get that are fresh that haven't been sanitized. That's one way to help replenish. Uh, that bacteria because there is bacteria on that food and it actually aids in in digestion. So uh, if you think about uh, the concept of the the, uh, liver and the gallbladder, the the liver processes uh, things, uh, you know, cholesterol, uh, it processes hormones, steroid hormones, helps detoxify chemicals, all that is nutrient dependent which means that if you your nutrient status, if you've got a poor diet or you're not taking some supplements to, to take care of that, you're not going to be able to eliminate uh, toxins properly. And the, the, uh, the, the liver does make cholesterol, and a lot of that is uh, secreted in the bile. So from the liver uh, through the ducts, it goes into uh, the, the gallbladder, and the gallbladder is a container that holds bile. And when fats go past that, then the body secretes uh, the bile into the intestinal tract to help uh, break down uh, fats and other things. So uh, people that uh, have uh, issues with their gallbladder, they may, you know, a low-fat diet is going to be a problem with that. And people on... Uh, doing any kind of fast that could be a problem as well because you're not you're not getting fats in and you're not stimulating bile float <clears throat> so one way to do that some one of the old uh, recommendations was to take a tablespoonful of olive oil every day and and that can help stimulate bile flow so if you if you think you have stones, uh, obviously hydration is important. Uh, lecithin, which we mentioned before in the that berberine uh, complex product, uh, very interesting type of fat. It's a phospholipid, phosphated uh, fat type of fat, and and uh, that can actually help sol- solubilize some of the stones that that are there. We've also used that, uh, interestingly enough, with people that, that have adrenal issues. So it's, it's, it's very curious because if, if you have high cortisol at night, then you're, you're not going to sleep well. You either can't go to sleep or you wake up in the middle of the night. And we use a product called phosphatidyl complex, which is a, a type of uh, phospholipid. And it actually helps resensitize the brain to feedback. So the, the, the brain is constantly uh, getting signals and, and uh, adjusting the uh, chaos and complexity going on in, in the body. So uh, that's another thing that's helpful. It's helpful for uh, fatty liver uh, and uh, 
another little interesting tidbit is that it seems that uh, people that, that have problems with bile flow, there, there's some connection there with people with a low thyroid function. So your thyroid is your metabolic gas pedal. And, uh, you know, people that have low thyroid will be taking uh, a thyroid uh, prescription product. Um, iodine can also be uh, implicated in that. Uh, so uh, so with, with the bile flow also, uh, you've got issues with uh, the motility because bile will make your your bowels move quicker. And a lot of people that have had gallbladder surgery have experienced that. Of course, I, w- I will say that, you know, if you're having a uh, gallbladder problem that is severe <clears throat> and uh, maybe has been going on for a, a few days, you, uh, I do recommend seeking a, a, a physician to look at that uh, because, a, a problem with uh, uh, blocked bile uh, can be a, a surgical emergency. So the people, that, as an example, that have their uh, gallbladders removed, uh, so now they potentially have gall bile flow all the time, and uh, maybe not all the time, because I think the body sometimes will adjust to that. But, uh, you know, they're if they don't have adequate bile, you know, when they're eating a fatty meal, then that can become a problem. And so uh, dietary choices with these individuals can uh, be an issue. Uh, so one other product that, that I like, uh, you know, there's uh, something called ox bile. And that's found in some products it will help aid in digestion of fats for people, and you can take that with your food as a digestive aid. Uh, Optozyme is one of those products. Uh, so uh, anytime you have uh, indigestion issues, uh, that's something something to consider. Uh, and and uh, apparently there is a uh, mostly an epidemic of <laughs> digestive issues out there particularly when people uh, are eating the wrong things. Food allergies contribute, contribute to that. Uh, processed foods, uh, particularly if you, uh, you know, go through the drive-thru and you eat uh, you wolf things down and you also uh, wash it down with a big cold drink. Uh, you'll find that food coming uh being with you uh, about four hours later sometimes and uh, it, it doesn't taste as good as it did the first time so uh, I will we've got uh, one last section coming up to a break here I will tell you that any, uh, anybody has any questions this last section please call in uh, what's that number Joe yeah. it's 704-873-1400 1400-1400 1400 yeah so glad to take any questions any input i'm I'm, uh, not infallible here and sometimes i miss a few things that my listeners have pointed out and i really do appreciate that because uh you know it all contributes to our uh, overall education this is fred lowry from lowry drug here in statesville
This is Fred Lowry from Lowry Drug Company. Uh, I want to remind people that uh, these broadcasts are on demand at WSICnews.com. We uh, will take uh, questions if you like, 704-873-1400. I want to remind people that, uh, of course, this time of year, people out there are sweating and uh, working and uh, you know, low electrolytes can be a problem. <clears throat> Some of the commercially available products out there are really not as good a choice. Uh, a couple suggestions. One would be BioLite, which is the IV in the bottle, uh, particularly uh, good for uh, hopefully you won't need it as a rescue uh, product if you get <clears throat> really overheated. Uh, some of our uh, guys that work outside buy that by the case at the store. Hammer Sports Nutrition products makes a uh, powder to put in water called HEED. It's a little more balanced electrolyte uh, formula. It's what the uh, endurance athletes use while they're uh, jogging or, or running, biking. And they also have a uh, capsule product called Endurolite, so that's maybe a little easier uh, to deal with there. And a, a, an old uh, recipe for that, uh, which I used to use quite a bit when I was out uh, doing things like cutting trees and uh, working hard uh, in the summer, uh, I'll take a quart of water and put a, uh, an ounce of uh, apple cider vinegar in it, teaspoonful of Himalayan salt, and a tablespoonful of blackstrap molasses. That tastes pretty awful, but... Uh, if you take a uh, sip of that every now and then with uh, the water you're consuming, uh, it really helps maintain your energy when you're out there working in that heat. I, I thought salt dehydrates you. Why would you be putting Himalayan salt in to the water? Because <clears throat> you're, you're sweating out electrolytes, and okay. that's what causes muscle cramps and a lot of, uh, uh, you know, it makes people tired. Yeah, so we have a call, it looks like. Caller, you're on the air. Uh, hi. Uh, Dr. Fred, I have a question about talking about allergies and being outside. Uh, what can you do for puffiness under the eyes when, when you're out? Is it uh, medications? Is it allergies? What can we do to get that puffiness away? Well, that's a good question. I'm not sure I know the complete answer to that. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of people have puffiness under their eyes uh, all the time. Uh, if it's allergy-related, uh, there's some uh, homeopathics you might try. You might try the uh, uh, Apis product. Uh, there's a homeopathic we have on the shelf called Allergy HP uh, Drops. So that's a good general-type allergy product. If it's seasonal allergies, we have the uh, Allergy Southeast Mix that, uh, you know, is made from the antigens of the, the trees and the grasses. You know, we're, we're coming uh, into the fall uh, ragweed season that's already growing, so uh, that could be part of that. So, uh, you know, and also, uh, you know, working on your immune health because a lot of that, uh, you know, your immune system may be hyperactive. I hope that helps. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, thank you for your call. Um, so uh, one of the things I might mention, too, um, and, and you brought up the, the salt dehydrates you. You know, it, it does, but, you know, 
years ago there was a, a product called Thermotabs, and it was just sodium chloride, just salt. And people that were getting muscle cramps, you know, from work, you know, people that worked outside all the time, sweated all the time, they just weren't getting electrolytes in. And that was about the only product uh, there preceded Gatorade and all those other things. So uh, a, a balanced salt solution with uh, some type of sugar in it, even real sugar, um, helps, uh, helps the body rehydrate and provides electrolytes. You know, electrolytes are basically mineral, sodium, potassium, <clears throat> magnesium, and manganese, uh, all those pr uh, those kind of things that uh, uh, you know the body needs. So something like Pedialyte would have high sodium levels. Uh, you know, I haven't looked at Pedialyte as an example for you know for some time, <coughs> but yeah, it probably does have uh, a, a lot of sodium in it, and and the Gatorade product does. And the, uh, my issue with that is it doesn't have the balance of the other minerals that is there. So that, that's why I do like the, these other products. And I, th I think it's a good idea for everybody to have a couple bottles of BioLite in, in their refrigerator anyway because, you know, if you get sick, if you become dehydration is a big issue in terms of how your body works. So, you know, if, you, if you get nauseated, vomiting, diarrhea, you know, that's a real easy kind of fix to help replace what you lost so uh, that's important um i might mention too uh you know a, a really I, I like i like uh you know, products that are helpful but also have a, a little bit of a passion for things that are cheap uh in terms of uh medicinal uh, things and bacon soda is one of those so you know there's there's a lot of uh <coughs> talk about uh, alkaline water uh, being helpful and alkaline water by itself uh, may have some impact but you know it's basically going to be neutralized by the gut acid with the exception of bacon soda <coughs> pardon I have a I think I need some allergy HP <laughs> got a little tickle in my throat uh, bacon soda of course is used uh, in many homes for baking and cleaning, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's fairly inexpensive. It's been used as an antacid, uh, so uh, it, it does have some electrolytes in it. Uh, there have been uh, long-distance runners that have uh, used it. Basically, they called it soda doping, and they would take baking soda capsules to enhance their performance, but it also help decrease lactic acid buildup in their muscles. Uh, it's, it's also potentially a, a great uh, uh, effective treatment, possibly for autoimmune disorders, um, rheumatoid arthritis. Now, one of the things that has been said that cancer uh, will thrive in an acid environment. And, and while part of that's true, and that's why all the, the, the focus on alkaline water you know the, the body has uh, acid parts and alkaline parts the stomach's acid the uh, small intestines alkaline <coughs> pardon 
the uh, nucleus of the cell is acid. I might have to take a sip of water here. Excuse no me. No problem. I, I, I didn't actually know that the, the stomach and that the intestines were two different things. I thought it was just all kind of the same thing going the, all the way through. Well, it, it is a tube, but it does have sphincters in, in here and there, and they control the flow of the material there. So it's not just a, a tube that runs straight through. Yeah, a, I mean, that, it's an important distinction from your physiology standpoint. Yeah. So um, they found that uh, drinking uh, water with bacon soda helps your immune system and, and decreases uh, inflammation, um, which is kind of kind of interesting. Uh, I have I've recommended using bacon soda for people that that had uh, urine that was too acidic and. Uh, you know, you can measure your pH of your saliva and your urine. We have pH strips, and normal pH is around six and a half. For saliva and <coughs> urine, or one or the other? For both. For both. So if you've got one out of balance, you know, then then that may indicate a problem. And uh, one strategy for for uh, women that get urinary tract infections is to alkalize their urine. One way you can do that is with uh, with baking soda, but you can also use uh, Alka-Seltzer Gold, Alka and you would take take that about four times a day, and sometimes that will will help uh, issues with a, a urinary tract infection. Now that that product does not have aspirin in it; it's just got electrolytes, so. I think that that's a, a good strategy. So uh, there's there's been a, a lot of uh, uh, marketing claims about uh, alkaline water machines that make it all these types of things, but uh, I don't know that there's really any concrete evidence that supports that. And, and the reason for that is that, that that water really doesn't have any buffering capacity. So uh, something something to consider. Uh, I'm sure there's people out there that would disagree with that, but that's okay. <coughs> Pardon. Um, just to remind you that uh, I'm Fred Lowry at Lowry Drug here in Statesville, North Carolina at Lowry Drug. Uh, we are traditional compounding farm, uh, traditional pharmacy and a compounding pharmacy. Been there since 1959. Medical equipment, supports, homeopathics, uh, supplements, uh, everything you need. We hope to help stay healthy, other than uh, a uh, gym and an exercise program. Come see us at Lowry Drug here in Statesville. <laughs>